Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Marsha Cook, and I have a great show today, and it is Tuesday, uh, back to my regular day. Um, next week, I have another show with Mikey Brooks, which I talked about last week, uh, a father that has decided to stay home with his five children, so it should be very interesting. He does some illustrating for me, and he's a, a really good writer, and he'll be a lot of fun talking about what he does. He has to do his whole career and take care of the five children, and he's a guy, so we'll see how that goes. All right, so anyway... Uh, today's going to be a really good show. It's about writing strong characters, and I have a Brandy Potter today, and um, she's got a lot going on. So I'm going to let her introduce herself and what she does, and we're going to talk about a lot of subjects, And but we are going to talk about writing strong characters and how we get there and uh, the names of the characters and various other things that we don't talk about all the time, but that makes us the author of the book, and that's so important is our characters. So hi, Brandy. How are you doing? I'm doing very well, Marsha. How are you? I'm good. I'm so glad you came on because um, I know you've got a lot going on, and it's you're very interesting. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself, and then we'll just talk about all these other subjects. Sure. I've been writing since I was about nine years old. Um, I do have one that I actually felt was good enough to publish at this point, which was Venomous Live. Um, I also do video and written blog posts and book reviews at brandypotterbooks.com and I am a avid supporter of the same things that you guys are in that I try to post information that will help people to develop better novels because I don't know about you but I like to read and I get tired of reading the same old stuff yep it is, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, most of us, I would assume that we, the reason we're writers is because even when we were younger, we were readers, you know. And um, I read more, I think, when I was young because it was different. I wasn't writing. And, you know, now we have families and lives and have the radio show and jobs. So all of us are doing a lot of things, you know. And we've, I've had shows about people, you know, you, we do a lot. So we have to pick and choose what we really think is important. So I think that you've got that down now, what you want to do. So what's your, mm-hmm. like when you wrote this book, what made you all of a sudden now start to write? You know, because you were doing blogging, and so you, you weren't writing yourself, uh, you know, books. So what made, what made the decision for you to come out and start writing? 
It's actually it was it's kind of reversed. Actually, I wrote the book, um, and then I had a traditional publisher, and being the foolish person that I am, I thought, well, they'll do the marketing. Yeah, they don't. Mm-hmm. And so, right? <laughs> you just listen to all the my shows over the years, right? There is no such right. thing as anybody, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. Oh, that's so, how it. Oh, so I that's started, what happened. Yeah, so then I started blogging and stuff, doing reviews for other people because it was kind of a tit-for-tat thing. You know, I'll review your book, you review my book. Um, And then I got hooked up with Promo Day, which is how you and I met, and um, met a lot of other authors. Saw a need out there for, you know, little short video uh, blogs or written blogs, um, trying to talk about writing process because, you know, I'd go on a hunt. How do you you know, what are the dumb tropes in character development? What is the, you know, what are some mm-hmm. stupid plot lines that need to go away? You know, that kind of stuff. And, and um, you know, what are some great plot lines that people need to do more of? And um, I just started going that direction. Yeah. So. Yeah. And you, you were, do you work for the uh, online blog magazine? Is that what you do also? I created an online magazine yeah. with oh, my did. sister. So um, is it, it still? Is yes. it, it is around. It now? isn't. It isn't. It is. It is okay. integrated now with my website, BrittanyPotterBooks dot com. Um, written by was my sister's baby, and unfortunately, we lost her to melanoma um, oh, so last sorry. May. Um, I sorry. it took me a very long time to um, to get back in the game. Um, yeah. as it were, yeah. and um, begin blogging again. But Promo Day kind of kicked. Well, Nano Rimo started it this year, and then Promo Day kind of kicked me in the in the tickets and said, "Enough, you know, yeah. you need to." Well, the Promo Day, this, you know, like so. you know, the Promo Day. A lot of times, you know, when I was, you know, um, I think that's a really good thing, and I don't think a lot of people understood, you know, what really was going on with Promo Day and. Joe did mm-hmm. such a thorough job, you know, Joe Lenzel, that when she did it, but, you know, and when I mentioned it to people, they don't understand what it really was, but it's bringing so many different people together that we all did different things, but in one mm-hmm. way or another, we're alike, you know, but it's such an interesting process. So I think next year I'll definitely will do it. I didn't know that much about it, but I do think there were so many people on there you know, with different mm-hmm. types of promotion. You know, it, it is hard. You know, that's one of the things we end up talking about so much is marketing, and most of us don't mm-hmm. even want to do that, but we do it, you know. So it's exactly. good that you're writing now, you know, and the characters, that's the thing. I always liked creating characters and doing that. So I've done a lot of marketing over the years, and the, what I did for the mar- for the promo was saying that a show is really – that gets on Google fast, and that's really good marketing for a person, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that, you know, most of us concentrate on some of the wrong things. And I think, you know, sure. what you were saying, on you you had a video that you were doing with Joe and you were talking about various subjects. I put it out again today because some of those oh. videos, you know, yeah, because I don't think that a lot of people – I'm finding out, which you have to sometimes, even if it's a few months old, you've got to put it back out because people don't see it, and they're missing a lot of things. So seeing you, what you were talking about, you know, and all the things, you know, 
you write realistically in your mind because you like to do that. I do the same, you know, mm-hmm. about real people. Although you're going into paranormal, which you told me before, but you are still doing mm-hmm. real people. And that neat, you, yes. they're, they're just like everybody else. Unfortunately, as a writer, we look at a lot of people. We look at a lot of people like they're characters. Unfortunately, that we meet. Exactly. You know, like when you see Daniel Radcliffe, you automatically think Harry Potter, and Daniel Radcliffe is nothing like Harry Potter. And I've met Norman Reedus. He is nothing like Daryl Dixon. So, you know, people definitely associate um, characters with with the person that they are. He's also yeah. nothing like Murphy McManus either. I'd like to put out there, but <laughs> well, and, and that's the thing. That's the thing. We, you know, and even you know, yeah. Last week I had uh, book clubs. Uh, we had a, Anna was on Anna Ford, and she uh, does book clubs, and she does a great job of it. And the thing about book clubs, I always felt like book clubs were going to discuss like the author, and and sometimes it the things that we write about have nothing to do with us. Correct. You know, I mean, I don't even know. I if when I'm this is probably true for you. When you read something you wrote a while ago, you're going like, well, who wrote this? <laughs> who wrote? I mean, you know, or or sometimes you can say like, oh, this is better than I thought. You know, we're all hard on ourselves, but you're primarily interested in talking about characters because that's important to you, and I like that too. So, where did you want to start with the characters? I mean, do you pick a name or first, or how do you start with your character? Um, the first thing that I do, I, I am women's lit. Um, I'm obviously going to put the females out front first, but I, I don't, I, I also feel like they need a, a male, a strong enough male character with them. Um, to play off of, right. I don't, yeah. yeah. But I also don't want them all running around talking about men all the time and abs and biceps and, I mean, that's yeah. just ridiculous yeah. to me. But um, so, like, for Venomous Lives, it was a girl glam band, uh, similar to bands like Dixon and, and uh, Joan Jett's and the Blackhearts and um, the Runaways and things like that. Um, and they all had very different personalities. You know, we had a we had a Scotch woman, and, and we kind of had the cheerleader type, and we had the brooding type, and then we had the really bubbly type. And, you know, that kind of appealed to everybody, but she didn't make them one-sided, you know, so, like, the cheerleader type could be really intellectual, um, you know, and that's the thing, and so what I do is I kind of pick the character, you know, um, Mm -hmm. what do I want to see this character do, and then I start picking nationalities, and then I start picking names that I I feel will fit both that nationality and background for the character, um, and the character itself. So for Venomous Lives, we had, her name was Juliet. Um, and it was Juliet because her mother was an actress and had named her daughters after her two favorite characters, Juliet and Elizabeth Bennet. Okay. Um, so, and then um, for the book I'm working on now, the two sisters come from a Romanian descent. And one of them's name is Dina, which is short for Sabine. And the other one's name is Lee, which is short for Elena. Um, so it's, it's, it just goes, for me, yeah. it goes to the, the name is kind of secondary. But like you, like I've heard you say before, once she was trying that name, it, it's hard to go then back and change that yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. I have difficulty with that. I do. It's. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just become real in my mind, and I don't see the same person. 
Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So I think you know, but everybody gets to the same place, but you know, eventually. But you know, writing a character for me doesn't always start with writing a whole description because I don't know the person yet. It's like when I meet them and make them at the beginning, I find out things. And then sometimes while I'm writing, I'll go like, oh, yeah, she does this or she does that. Do you have that Mm -hmm. where they all of a sudden go, oh, yeah, this works for her because this is her, you know. But you you can't possibly know everything right away, I don't think. No. No, and especially being like I said, a pantser. I'm I'm absolutely a pantser, and I'm also a sequential. I start at the beginning and I go to the end, and I can't yeah. do it any other way. I've tried. Um, yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. there was a brilliant story of Stephanie Myers waking up and seeing that um, the field scene in uh, oh, Twilight, and that and she oh, was trying to write. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and she wrote she wrote the whole series about that that meadow scene, right? Like how did the characters get yeah. there? What did they do after? Um, I would write that scene down. And then if that scene keeps popping back in my head, then I'm like, okay, I yeah. need to write a story about those two characters. And for me, it's the characters that take it. I, I don't Yeah, no, I, I, um, get that. I absolutely understand it. Cause I don't, I write, I don't write a plot out. I write, Mm-hmm. I take a character and whatever whatever I'm thinking happens to her, and it may change because she changes. I mean, maybe it's because I change mm-hmm. a lot too, you know, um, and maybe you do too. Maybe that's why, because we don't stay the same. So our characters don't right. always, you know, and yeah. so maybe that's how we write them because, you know, it does come from us even though some of the stuff isn't about us. But I do think that, you know, when you're writing a scene, you know, and if you have an out, for me, I, I'm not good at outlines. And if I do have an outline, then what if my character can't exactly do that? And sometimes it just doesn't work. You said something before that sometimes things don't work for you and then you know that. They don't, mm-hmm. they clash. Mm-hmm. So what mm-hmm. happens to you when that happens? What do you do with the characters um, you've written in? So <laughs> when I find that I've got absolutely writer's box going a lot of times it's a flat character Mm -hmm. a lot of times it's a flat character there's something in that character that just isn't working and so it's not making the whole story work i don't write outlines but i'm working on like a a suspense like i've said a suspense novel and so i kind Mm -hmm. of have the plot to that mystery written down is it going to stay that way? I don't know. But the reason I did yeah. that is because I've got to remember to put those clues into the story somehow. Right, exactly. Um, right, exactly. <laughs> so, I, but, like, that book didn't even start out as a suspense novel. Um, and now it is. And it didn't start out with a paranormal twist, and now it has it. And then it's... it's when I ha- and the other thing that I do when I have writer's block, which a lot of people will ask me for, but it absolutely works, is I take my very favorite scene that I've written and I throw it out. <laughs> because you find you're holding on to that scene so yeah, hard yeah. and trying to rework to get to that scene. If you pull that scene completely out, I did yeah. that with Venomous. And I will tell you, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm not shooting my own horn. I was sitting down last night and I picked up Venomous to, to read because that story still draws me in. And yeah. there there were two scenes in that that I had original that had started my inspiration for it that never made the book. Yeah. Never made it. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think we all, you know, and we all have uh, 
characters that we really like. And, you know, the truth is sometimes, you know, like if it's not an exciting character to us, then it's very hard to write because it's so boring, you know. I mean, and naturally in Mm -hmm. every book probably there are some characters that are, you know, not so specific and, you know, but even when what I used to do screenplays, which I, I still love the best, but I haven't been doing them. But when you do a screenplay and you're fine and you just have to do a line, if the line doesn't work or if the person, you can easily just make another one. But sometimes when you're writing mm-hmm. a book, it's the whole scene is screwed up. So then you have to mm-hmm. get rid of it. And it is hard, but it's easier than one might think because sometimes you just say it's not working, goodbye. And sometimes if yeah. you're trying so hard to fit into a mold, it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Maybe because I don't, that I'm more free spirited that I wouldn't want that, you know. So that's yeah. why probably you might do the same thing with the character. You're starting with the character, but if it doesn't work, you just can't make it work. So you just move on. Yeah. So yeah. So if your inspiration is a theme or the character's jump roping, but if suddenly uh-huh. you've imagined that the character's got blown out knees from being in gymnastics for a hundred years, you're not going to have her jump roping, you know? It's right. Just, exactly. And again, that's, that's the blessing and the curse of being a panther. Yep. Um, yeah. Because well, yeah. you do right by the seat of your pants and you, if you're yep. going along in the story and that's just not working, then you're, you're kind of pantsless. <laughs> See, sometimes right. some, that's exactly right. You know, that's kind of true. You know, Cause you know, I've written a couple of my, uh, books from screenplays however they're not the same because when I wrote the screenplay I'm taking some of the characters but if it doesn't work for me in a book mm-hmm. I change it so and then sometimes mm-hmm. if I'm working on something and I was looking at the script I push everything away and go all right listen move on and don't worry about you, what you did before just this story doesn't it goes a certain different way and I think writers mm-hmm. sometimes have to do that even though like some, I had somebody on the show a few weeks ago, and she said she hated something she did, and it was fifty thousand words, and she just dumped it. I and that's it. what you have to do sometimes. You just, I mean, mm-hmm. she said it was hard. She said, but it didn't work. You yeah. know, and most of for you know, a lot of us are pretty fussy, even though we say we aren't as fussy. You know, we are fussy because if we don't think it works, then we're not going to use it. You know, and yeah. that's one of the, that brings me to something though. You review a lot, right? You were talking on, on the video. So, when you're writing a review, um, you're—I'm sure I don't know you well, but I can tell by talking to you and what you were saying—is that you read the book. See, but what about the people mm-hmm. that don't read the book? How do you? How does this work? It's so bad that I talk about it a lot because I can't imagine that people are writing reviews on books that they don't really read and they do and which is so unfair that's like that's like writing a news article with not talk without talking to the witnesses i i don't yes yeah i've never yes, even exactly. heard of a book reviewer that didn't read the book i just like that's a new one for me and okay well, because you're a book reviewer it, though but if somebody asks they you know a lot of times if people give free books then somebody says oh yeah I'll review it and they really don't review it see i see i just don't know it it has become so important which was so interesting when i had this this girl Anna, and talking about you know um, book clubs, and I asked her what was important, and she was saying, you know, the description and about the writer was important, but the reviews were not as important as people 
you know, would like to believe in her eyes. And she's got like, I think, 7,000 people on her site that does, you know, that do a lot of the book clubs. But maybe maybe it's going back to where it should be, where you actually should read the book. You know, and um, maybe do I you look at reviews? Do book. you look at reviews? Do you look at reviews of other books? A lot of them. If they have two hundred reviews, do you read two hundred reviews? No, but I'll tell you okay. why reviews are important. Because I did important. a whole presentation of it three years ago yeah. at Proaday. Um, the algorithms that Amazon uses to sell your book are largely based on reviews. And now they've done it so that not only are they based on reviews, but they want to base it on certified Amazon purchases. So yeah. you can't just go back. I know that. Oh, I know. Yeah. That, yeah. So Venomous was published under traditional publisher. Now it's published under KDP, which is the Kindle Direct Publishing, um, yeah. self-published. And most of that was arguments over edits with the, the company. I know. Yeah. So I I took it back when I bought, when the copyright went. I just said, give it back to me, and I republished it the way I wanted it. Um, right, right. But the so I had a couple of reviews on the old copy. I can't. I I know the people that reviewed the book. They were my beta readers, um, and I asked them to go ahead and redo, you know, the review for the new copy, but. The new book doesn't isn't at the same rating as the old book, even with the exact same reviews. I know because that. I know <sighs> it's not a certified review. So that would be why reviews are important. But to me, how in the world are you going to do a review if you don't read the book? And why would you say you're a reviewer if you're not going to read the book? That's like. But they do though. But they do. I know. I know. And I, you know, and, and, and this is the thing because Amazon, I think what's happening is, you know, Amazon is taking off a lot of reviews from people where they probably shouldn't have because I don't know why they're taking them off. You know, nobody does. I mean, I haven't had the problem. Mm -hmm. Like people are having problems. Their, Their reviews are disappearing. And I don't know how they're making this decision anymore because it's really, you know, these people, then they're saying that people shouldn't charge money, but people do charge money. And I really, at this point, don't think it's so bad anymore because, you know, if you want to pay someone to do a review, I don't even care. Because I think the fact is, is that you just want a good, solid review. But some of the solid reviews doesn't mean just because you paid them, they're going to give you five stars or whatever. It, it may not be that way, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. they'll give you. I've it actually given a book I back. Yeah. Yeah, it was so bad. And I you said did, to yeah. the person, look, this is this is the yeah. third one in your series. You've sold well with your yeah. first two books. I do not like this book, and I don't want to damage yeah. your reputation with your fans. I'm not going to post a review, but I but gave him fair. a reason why. Yeah. And, you know, he wanted to argue about my opinion, and I basically told him they're like, you know, toes. Everybody has them. So, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, see, I mean, there is a problem. I mean, like, even I mentioned this um, a few weeks, last week. What happened is um, on the audio books, the audio book reviews um, go from the audio that they listen to. But whoever mm-hmm. did one of the audio book reviews for my book most likely didn't know what they're doing because, which I don't know who it is exactly, and whoever did that, they talked about the audio book on the book review about the narrator. Mm-hmm. 
So I mm-hmm. called it, I, Amazon. I don't know if they'll take it off or not. I really don't care. Uh, it's not that they said the book was bad, but they were talking about the narrator. And the people are reading books. They don't care if the narrator's voice. They're not listening to a book. A lot of people that read books won't read audio books. So I don't. So Amazon had not seen this before, and so I don't know what they're going to do. But probably nothing. But they should because the experience mm-hmm. of reading a book and an audio are completely different. Correct. They're not the same. So I, yeah, I what can. Was, yeah. I can't sit there. There's a wonderful book called The Supernatural, and it's written by, I think it's David Gollum. Mm-hmm. And he is an amazing author, but I cannot sit there and read the book. But I can sit there and listen to the guy narrate it for hours. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I will yeah. listen to it. I'll repeat over and over. Um, but, but when I did the book review, I did, okay, here's the book review, and then I did the audio review, like the audio book review separate, and but see, I do most of my reviewing on Goodreads, unless yeah. I know the author needs something posted, or I do it out on Brady Potter books because that's throwing hits out to Google Analytics. You know, yeah. you're hearing Marsha Casper Cook, or yeah. they're reading Marsha Casper Cook on Brady Potter books, so that boosts when somebody looks for your, you know, your name or your book. That's gonna throw that out there. I never liked Goodreads that much, but I know, but I can see where that is a difference because sometimes, see, when I I've seen people on Goodreads, you know, it's very confusing for people. I think, you know, and Mm -hmm. I look on there and and it's like so much going on, and it's like I just need to get Mm -hmm. off that when I go on there. But I do Mm -hmm. think that it is unfair when people write a book. Then somebody reviews mm-hmm. it after reading one page, and or and that's what happens. And some of the reviewers say that they go, "Oh, I opened the book and closed it." And I'm going like, "Why would you even say that? Why even put it down then? <laughs> Just don't write anything. Just don't review mm-hmm. it. You know, tell the author yeah, that or that's whatever what I did. you hate, you didn't like yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. You did the right thing because I think that's fair. You know, because mm-hmm. no matter even if a book isn't that great. The person that wrote it, it's still hard for them to write. You know, it takes a lot of work, you know, and but there might be an audience, somebody else might like it. So I think, you know, some of those things are, you know, very difficult now for people because mm-hmm. the rating, you know, I said this all the time, the ratings, the ratings, and the, you know, and it's like when you do a new cover then they or, or change it, then they take off the reviews. And, you know, it's, it's really, it's so, it is hard to get it right. And nobody is perfect. Mm-hmm. So I think we're yeah. all trying to, you know, we all try our best to write and do the mm-hmm. best thing. And that's why, you know, talking about characters and things, it matters to us. So I think mm-hmm. when people don't take it that seriously, they shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> you know, I mean, they just but shouldn't, like but they children. do. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, Joe, bless her heart. I love Joe Linsdale. She's, she's my babe. I love her. Um, <laughs> she... She posted a blog post once that said, what is your favorite character? And I went, you are asking me to choose my favorite child. I can't <laughs> do this. <laughs> right, right. This is not happening. And am I reading Venomous Lives or am I writing um, yeah. 
Eight Arms to Hold You, because if I'm writing Eight Arms to Hold You, my favorite character from Venomous Lines isn't going to be my favorite character. It's going to be my favorite character from Eight Arms. So, yeah, yeah right, exactly. Because they're not the same, different. you know, and it's not the same, mm-hmm. you know, and I do think, you know, but I do think, you know, when people are listening and, you know, and I, to videos and all, I, that's, you know, people did videos a few years ago, then they stopped doing them. Now they're putting them on YouTube a lot more, you know. But the problem is there's so much. It's like, and I don't get overwhelmed except when I have to do marketing. Then I'm going like, oh, my God. I, you know, so I have, you know, um, I have um, people that have helped me now. Amber Garcia is very good at what she does, but I'm still out there mm-hmm. doing promoting and I can't help myself. I feel like I'm crazy sometimes. I go, I'm not going to be doing things. And then I go, can I, oh, right, right. I'll just go on Instagram. Can I tell you a secret? Uh-huh. So I live in Maryland and I don't know mm-hmm. if you know what very well-known romance author lives in Boonesboro, Maryland. Um, but I went up to one of her book signings and, you know, I was talking to, I told her I was a writer um, and, you know, she's very helpful. And I said, you know, I, thank God I have an MBA. And she said, I wish I had your MBA when, you know, now. <laughs> and I said, really? Because you're Nora Roberts. Oh. And she said, yeah, but I have to market my own stuff. So it yeah, doesn't yeah. stop even when you're Nora Roberts. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. No, when I Nora get it. Roberts because I, said right, that to me, I was right. like. Yeah. Well, so if she's got to do it, then what do we have to say? <laughs> right, because what there's are some of her movies, about? even she, you know, and movies, you know, and they, yeah, and this is the thing, you know, um, <laughs> there is if people that you know, and sometimes when you look up a very very successful writer, and uh, they're with the big six, you don't find hardly any information about them. I'm thinking like, oh my God, there's nothing on mm-hmm. them, you know, and but and all of us are sitting here day in and day out promoting and mm-hmm. we you know mm-hmm. and I do I do like it because I've met people because I'm on Facebook and I have shows I like that part of it but I when it comes to me all the time it's like I'm putting things out but my heart is in it but I can't you know like you have to get like a core of fan of fans it's hard to do that when mm-hmm. you don't write the same genre it's very difficult and you know I can't help it. I write different genres. I did that with my screenplays. I'm trying my best, which I don't know if this is working for me to use, you know, make a series type, and I don't know if I'm one to do that because I I don't know if I can concentrate to bring back a character because it doesn't always come to me. It comes to me however the story came to me. So I think for me, and that's what's hard to promote, the more books you have mm-hmm. if it's the same genre, and, you know, I, I saw this um, the other day. I was looking through Amazon, and I saw this guy. I don't know. His name is Charlie, I think. That's all it is. Anyway, he's got no shirt on. He's uh, an mm-hmm. author. Maybe it's a – who knows if it's a woman or not. You don't know. Okay, he's got all mm-hmm. these pictures of guys with no shirts on and whatever, and he's, like, really selling all his books, and he's really got – his ratings are good and his numbers and I'm thinking like, oh my God, what he might he might even be a woman and but people are buying it because they he's into the same type of book. He said he's a bad boy writing bad boy stories. So right off the bat, he's probably got all these women that wanna read that. 
So, I mean, so sometimes a marketing technique like that can do something for an author. I don't know that I'm oh, that absolutely. author. I don't sex know that sells. I'm that author. There's, there's yeah. sex sells yeah. and even the people in the Bible knew that. Hello, Song of Solomon. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Somebody had to read Fifty Shades. Yeah. You know, and there's so much of Song of Solomon in Fifty Shades, too. I mean, if yeah. you look at it, yeah. it's all been done before. Um, you know, actually, it has. It actually, it had Harold Robbins and all those old-time authors. They wrote mm-hmm. sex scenes and used all the words that they use now, but it just was mm-hmm. a regular book. It was a, and it classified mm-hmm. as romance, and that's the end of it. Now mm-hmm. it's because all of us have to write our characters so they go, mm-hmm. you know, so they fit. And it's hard. It's like trying to, you know, put a kid in a class he doesn't belong in, you know. And so it's it's really difficult for us. So for you, how do you? Yeah. Are you for your next? You just writing. Okay, so you're not going to stay in the same genre. You're just going to write what comes to you. It seems it seems like right. Pretty much, I think. Um, yeah. I think Eight Arms is going to end up being a serial. There's a lot of characters. I here's my issue. <laughs> I write <laughs> well, I such strong characters. <laughs> I have a lot of issues. I write such strong characters. I cannot let them go. I can't yeah. let them go. And I find them bleeding into other characters. And so I think I want to take a serial or a series, and I want to develop a lot of characters over the course of the series. Um, so, like, there's a group of paranormal investigators and a group of, like, police officers that are coming together to solve mysteries. They get this first mystery they get, and they're they're trying to work together. And of course, you have the the you know the big two that are the protagonists, the antagonists. Yeah. But in the next story, one of the side characters is going to become the protagonist, and then there'll be uh, you know a love interest or antagonist. I don't mean protagonist antagonist, but um, the hero heroine or you know the protagonist love interest. And so the next story, you'll have one of these side characters that's you know in the background, a complete character, but not the front character and you're going to put them in the front and pull your protagonist in the back. And that way I don't have to let go of my, of my characters. They're still there. They're just not as in the front as they were. You know what well, I mean? See, but I, I, can, I understand that completely. Okay. I have a character who I do love. Okay. And it's Virginia Templeton. She's the sexiest, mm. most powerful character I've ever written. And, um, I loved writing her. So they have three stories, and I didn't market it the right way, and then I put them together. Now I separated them again because I really like that book. I love that book, okay, mm-hmm. out of all, everything I've written. And I, and it's sexy, mm-hmm. and so I did take out some of the things I wanted to, and then I wrote another book, which was Guilty Pleasures, and I really liked those characters too. And while I was writing mm-hmm. that book – they they were they're so much more fun than some of my other stories for me okay mm-hmm. and then i wanted to put them together because i said right when i finished guilty pleasures i went oh my god this character in the book is my character virginia's sister in my mind i went mm-hmm. like oh my god mm-hmm. so i was going to put them mm-hmm. together in a book and then god knows why i didn't do it but i didn't and i might because you know i i mean even what you were saying before i was like you have to. I was having fun with those characters. I wasn't Absolutely. bored. And sometimes, if I'm doing a sweet story, I'm a little bored. 
you know, and mm-hmm. even though I get really good reviews with those, and they are sweet and they are fun, but I I wasn't having. Well, I did have fun a, a little. But I have fun marketing because the dogs. I like the dogs in them. That's what I did. But in mm-hmm. my Virginia book, I do feel like I just can't let go of her, and I'm still. It's in my mm-hmm. mind, and I write notes down. Yep. And I had such a good time writing it. Something like, why am I not doing this? And I don't. I can't I'm answer asking you the I same question. I don't know that. Question. I'm absolutely I don't know. asking yes. you the same question. I don't know. You know, and a lot of times it holds me back because I just held myself back. And a lot of times I'm thinking like, well, maybe I should do mm-hmm. this or that. Because and that's what I do with my screenplays. I didn't stay in the same genre, even though the romantic comedies were good, and they still are. I can write those, but mm-hmm. it wasn't as much fun as writing the other ones. So I, you know, after talking to you, probably I'm hearing what I'm, it's like I'm talking to a psychiatrist when we're talking, right? Well, because you like write real people, because I know you like that. It's important yeah. for you, because I was reading up Absolutely. on you, and that's, you know, you want to make it realistic and how the world is and what you think yeah, it is and grow. have fun writing. Yep, and people grow. And, you know, they have to learn to find the bright, you know, you've got characters that will find the bright side of a train wreck, and then you've got others that are just, you know, oh, woe is me. And, I mean, that's life. That is absolutely life. You've got somebody like me with PTSD. How do they get through a day without being, you know, paranoid? How do they learn how to love somebody again and else to get married again? How do they, you know, and these are real-life things. And it's funny that you say talking to a psychiatrist because my background is business and yes. human services and business. Okay. And well, so with that comes a psychology <laughs> degree and a, and a social yeah. worker degree. And well, so I think I that's what happens. That's why we I we tend to do this. <laughs> we we mm-hmm. do these things. Yep. But when you're, but I'm sure that helps your writing. You know, I worked for doctors Absolutely. for years, so I end up, my stories usually have doctors in them. You know, and I didn't even realize mm-hmm. it until my editor, who's edited everything I have, he goes like, you know, you're all, you do write scenes in hospital all the time, and you do that. So then my guilty pleasures, I wrote about a doctor. I mean, that was the basic one. And so, you know, because I guess that's what I see and think about in my head, because I worked for doctors for 20 mm-hmm. years and I in hospitals. So I guess sometimes we can't help what we feel. Well, you know, and mm-hmm. what your object is to write what we're feeling and get our own realistic feelings out in a book. Absolutely. And you have to show every story has a conflict. Without a conflict, there's no story. Even a romantic comedy or a sweet story or a erotic novel, there's always a conflict. There's some sort of conflict, be it internal or external. And I think the best novels have characters that have huge internal conflicts going on while external conflict is going on. Yeah, um, right. I, I think it. you're right so, about that. I think you're right because both of my stories like that, they do. Because while they're doing one thing, they're thinking about something else, and they know that mm-hmm. maybe they shouldn't be doing what they're doing, but they're still doing it. <laughs> they're still doing right. it. So, which makes them so more So, Venomous, yeah. Yeah, so like Venomous, her whole goal, the character, the heroine's whole goal is to be the number one glam rock band in the world, which for us all-girl band is like, never going to happen right yeah and but the so her internal conflict is i have all for the band all for the band all for the band that's her internal conflict right you would think that would be her external conflict what i like that i did with that character is her external conflict was her love interest 
So it's different. Her like, external so- conflict was her relationships. Because her, she was so goal-driven to all for the band, all for the band, all for the band. And then she had these two very dynamic men that she fell in love with that fell in love with her and how she related to them and how they related to her. And, you know, how that goal orientation just messed it all up. Do you have, do you have excerpts to me? To me was a flip. Of them? Do you have any excerpts? You, you said you pulled out some excerpts that you yeah, could read. Do you have any? Yeah, they'll be good. So we could explain maybe what, you know, because sometimes people really don't always think they know how to do a conflict or, Mm -hmm. you know, because, you know, sometimes we don't even realize what we're doing until we're doing it, you know, and sometimes we don't see it. So I don't have one of her from Venomous Lives, and I don't because I have cuss words and stuff in But I do have an example of, like, an internal dialogue from one of the love interests, right? Okay, good. Um, okay. And this is, this is the main love interest. So um, to such a scene, she has basically said, we're just friends. And well, that's, that's after they scene, kiss. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I I can't do this. I can't do this. All for the band. All for the band. We're just friends, right? So, Chris got in the car and drove. His thoughts raced. Friends? Why friends? There was so much more there. That kiss proved that. Didn't she feel it when they kissed? Or was it just him? That would be the typical response of the universe. Here, Chris, it would say, here's the girl of your dreams. But she thinks you're crap. You, yeah, that sounded like God's twisted sense of humor. Why was he obsessing over her? She was just a little girl from Baltimore. Okay, a talented little girl. Hell, a smart, funny, beautiful girl from Baltimore. Okay, she was amazing. He knew that soon the whole world was going to see it and that some other guy was going to know it too. He couldn't stand that thought. No, he wouldn't think about that. Suddenly, he realized that the problem wasn't that he had a girlfriend. She was gone as far as he was concerned. The real issue was that he didn't want to start a relationship with this wonderful woman as messed up as he was. Maybe after the tour, he could get clean. That was it. After the tour, he'd get clean, get rid of the gold digger, and go after what he really wanted. As he pulled up to his empty mansion, it dawned on him. He wanted Juliet because she would care about him and the things he enjoyed, not about his money. He could be real with her. Well, if it's friends she she wants, he said to himself, it's friends she's going to get. I'm going to be the best damn friend she ever had. See? And so... Yeah. yeah, so that because he's on heroin and he doesn't want to start a relationship with her because this is the love of his life and he knows, and he's on heroin, so that's why he's yeah. not starting. So he's talking to himself. Her. See, right? See, that's a, yep. a trick that not all authors do, and I think that's a good thing because I started doing that in one mm-hmm. of mine now in my guilty pleasures where you're hearing what the character is really thinking, mm-hmm. and I think sometimes you don't get to do that. A lot of times people don't do that. And so Mm-mm. when they're in a scene, you don't really know what he's thinking, but now you you know what he's thinking. He's mm-hmm. you know, and so that that makes for so interesting, you know, such an interesting read when you you feel closer to the character, like you know him. Right, and it's not he thought this ridiculous thought. I I actually put dialogue in their thoughts. She's just a girl. Yeah, from no, no, that's okay, a good thing. A I noticed that. From... Right, right, right. I did that yeah. in guilty pleasures, which was yeah. Which was, I yeah. never done that before, and I like that. Yep. 
Because you feel, I feel. And it's hard to you, write that way too to carry off that it's a conver- internal conversation because people hate italics, and italics is the easiest way to do that in writing. Yeah, know? that's what I did, so. and, and guilty pleasures. I have never done that before, and um, mm-hmm. I really liked that because I liked hearing her, like you know, her Lily's thoughts, and that she knew some of the things she was doing, but she did them anyway. You know, and mm-hmm. she was questioning herself because I think people do that a lot. My husband was always laughing because I said, well, every time you watch a movie, they usually have a movie, a scene where they go to the mirror and they look at themselves and they go, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and because people really question themselves a lot. So why don't characters? They should because, and we don't know what they're thinking if they're not saying it, but because I mm-hmm. in everyday life, don't sometimes you say, "What am I doing, and why did they do this?" You know, and that's real. Because mm-hmm. we all yeah. we all have questions of the things we do. Sometimes you go, "Oh, did I need to do that, or should I have done that?" You know, and what is wrong with me? Or you know, I look good today, I look horrible today. My hair's not good. You know what I mean? And I think people do that a lot. So I think that pulls the reader in. In my opinion, absolutely, and I like that. Absolutely, I, I do like that. Yeah. So you do it in all italics. So right, I think that's the best way to do it. Yeah, people know. Well, and that, you know, in Venomous, my in Venomous, my my original publisher pulled the italics out. They said you, you shouldn't use it. Um right. I oh, pretty I much kept that. Yeah, I pretty much yeah. kept it that way. Moving into Eight Arms, I am using italics because I'm I'm also dialogue heavy because that gives you. I hate just like I will sit there and read Tolkien every year and you find something new every year. But the reason that you find something new every year is because it's like reading an encyclopedia at times. It's like, stop it. Or I love the girl with the dragon tattoo, but four pages on what type of Apple computer that, you know, the girl has, it's stop enough, you know? Um, so I have back, I have a lot of the backstory come out through dialogue, and that's old school. I mean, that's what we were all kind of taught in college. Yeah. You know, don't don't just narrate your backstory. Right, have it come and, out. Right. And I do think that sometimes people, you know, they're writing because they're trying to write what other people write. You can't really do that. You mm-hmm. have to do what's mm-hmm. right for you. And that's the other reason it's when you're marketing and you're looking at reviews and all this, it can give you writer's block because you you can't be thinking so much about what other people do. You know, you have to no, think about what you're writing and your characters and how you feel about it. And hopefully readers will see that. And if they don't, they don't. Mm-hmm. But you at least will put something out that you cared about and that you feel mm-hmm. is a good story, you know. And I yes. do feel that a good story will come, you know, out of it. And maybe not everybody will like it and maybe different people than you think. You don't know. You know, like a lot of times nobody really, like sometimes I am sure there are actresses or producers direct that are writing books we have no clue who they are what name they're under Mm -hmm. they're doing what they want to do not just what the film Mm -hmm. they're assigned to do from a studio or Mm -hmm. someone asked them to direct they're doing what they want to do because sometimes when we're writing we have to do what we want to do or it doesn't always turn out the right way it turns out like someone else's work yeah like some of the best Women's lit and romance, not, and I, I tend to say women's lit because now for me, like Nora Roberts, Heather Graham, Danielle Steele, they're all very, they're considered romance authors, but if you read them, they are not the serial romance novels. 
No, they there, are not. And no. so many no. of them, so many of them started there. Yeah. And then when but that was then, I can't but that do was this then. anymore. And now yeah. we're now, you know, yeah. and you know, right. And you know what? Uh, Lee Michaels has been on my show. She used to write for Harlequin, and she has like over 100 mm-hmm. books, I think. And she writes mm-hmm. historical fiction, but she also writes different kind. And she's been on, and we talk about a lot of different things, and, you know, about the sex scenes and whatever, and in historical mm-hmm. novels. It's very hard. I don't think I can write historical novels because you really have to be true to the time. And and you have to yeah, be you have to do a lot of very uh, very descript on the time and not screw up mm-hmm. because people that read historical yep. they know okay so that's the last thing you want somebody to say is you idiot you know you don't know anything about that you don't want that so that, that's it's not for me you know but she's so interesting and she teaches romance classes and things like that but you know and she's been around for a long time but no matter what everybody has a hard time when they're doing it you know you know, writing conflict, Mm -hmm. doing this, but we question ourselves a lot. But basically at the end of the day, after all the things, the shows I've had, there's no answer to any of this. I mean, it's like Mm -mm. you have to do what's right for you and make the Mm -hmm. best story you can, I think, and that makes you happy. And at the end of the day, if you're unhappy about something that you wrote, you're not going to be able to market it because you're not going to feel it when you market it. You know, Stephen King hated Carrie. Yeah, Stephen King hated Carrie. How much promotion for Carrie have you seen him do? Not a whole lot. His wife sent it off to the publisher. It got him a contract. But he hated Carrie. If you ask him about his first novel, he just says my first novel. His first novel, if you go back and look, is Carrie. Is it? Is that the first? Yeah. Yeah. But, I, you know, I mean, it's, you know, that's what, you know, I've had horror writers on. And, you know, and I think the one of the problems, which I have mentioned before, is because we have to go in on Amazon and put it in a genre, it is a killer. Mm-hmm. It is just mm-hmm. horror. Because if it's a thriller with sex or if it's erotic or if it's, you know, more com- comedic or more dramatic, it's very hard to get the reader to find it because of the mm-hmm. way they classify it. And this is what the killer is Absolutely. for all of us. It's not even about the books. or the, It's about yep. where we put it. And mm-hmm. the problem is that there are categories, which I didn't know, which I've had people on my show tell me that some, with the, some of the big six publishers, they have different categories that they get themselves in that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's probably true, because if they put it in a subgenre that's not listed – that would be better. We don't have that. We just put in whatever there. We have no choice, and that could be. That's very mm-hmm. difficult. I think you know, especially when you're writing, even in paranormal. When you say paranormal, oh my God, that's every, that's. I mean, there's so much in paranormal, and chit and chit I love. List. I mean, yeah. both of them. I love Heather Graham. I love Heather Graham because it's not vampires and werewolves and. I mean, she's got that in there, but she always ends up proving it's a real, you know, a real person. And I love yeah. her writing. I can't find another writer like her. I can't well, find another series like her because it's such a subgenre. It's yeah. such a subgenre. Yeah, see, and that is, you know? that's the problem. And, you know, no matter how much we are all 
are out there. I mean, and and I do feel for myself. You know, I do feel that it is. It's it's a block. It's a block because you can't. You just write the story the best that you can mm-hmm. and be happy with it, and then move on. But Absolutely. I do think the one thing is the more you have out there, the better it is. I that's the one thing I think is the sure. help that you know because the people that have fifty books. Even if their books aren't that great, people find them because mm-hmm. there's 50 books. You know? Because there's 50 and, of them, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's the killer. And, you know, I listened to this whole um, webinar. I listen to a lot of webinars because I think it's interesting. You know, it might not be something I'm interested in, but they might say something that, you know, sticks in my mind. And I listened to this one about uh, sexy novels and whatever, and she said, you know what? She said, if you just pick the topic, just write it. She goes, there are people that will probably, if it's about scuba diving, if it's about whatever, and you'll find an audience. Just write it, you know, and I think that's true. I think we worry sometimes if we're not going to get the audience, and then that does take time away from making us have the best story because we're thinking. We can't help what our brains think, too, because sometimes mm-hmm. you go like, well, Who's going to read this? You know, and that's a hard thing to do. Stop yourself and go. I'm just writing this, you know, and not thinking. And certainly, if you review books, you know, in your mind, you're not thinking of their books, but you're also thinking you want to write a good book. But you do have other thoughts in your head, and that's the thing that mm-hmm. we all need to try to clean. Sometimes, if you just put away everything and just go, okay, this is what I'm writing and that's it, and put away everything else and don't think about it, maybe it works. I'm trying that to put away my notes that I write. Just go sit there, you know, and write because you know the story, I know the story in our head, but if we keep looking at things, it goes away. We keep changing and it's gone. That's also a way to procrastinate. That's also a way to procrastinate. So I worked in workforce development in my day job. I will not say real job. I will say day job. Um, and one of the things that we teach people um, is that rewriting your resume five times is procrastination. Yeah. You don't need to rewrite yeah. your resume five times. And right. editing the first three chapters of your book for the tenth time is procrastination. <laughs> and that is something a lot of us do. And then when Absolutely. we finally make that decision and go like, all right, move on, we do. But once you keep going back, you find more things that you should have added, and by the time you're done, you don't even like what you've written, and then you still don't get past that point. Correct. You know, Correct. And Absolutely. I think that's a good idea. I'm, I'm glad that you said that because that's really something true. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. You know, because you just you make excuses. You go like, okay, I'm going to read these three chapters because I want to see where I am. We already know where you are. You just want to see what you've written, and you can't help yourself. And that is bad. I think that is. I think that's a good thing. I'm going to try to remember that because I nobody really and put for it there. Somebody way. like me that does it. Yeah, for somebody like me, like me that does it in sequence. Sorry yeah. if I cut you off again. But somebody for me that does it in sequence, I have to kind of read it again to go. Okay, where was I going with it? All right, go this way. And for me, yeah. the thing that is gonna push me forward is my characters. I yeah. have to see what happens between those characters. I have to see yeah. if Juliet's gonna get out of her bad marriage. Yeah. I have to see if you know, Chris is gonna get off the heroin. I have to see if it really was a ghost or if somebody else killed 
the the yeah. murder victim, you know. And if I if I don't have those characters, if I don't have believable real characters that say things like my dad was trypanophobic and the the other girl goes trypano what? You know, yeah. if I don't have that, I'm not going to buy into the story whether I'm reading it or writing it. Yeah. 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 I think, yeah, and it seems like you're a hard critic on yourself, too, though, I would think. You seem like mm-hmm. you're, you know, you want it a certain way. Is that true? If I, like I said, if I can't buy into the story, yeah. then to me it's not, no one else can yeah. buy All into right. it. So then it's, I a, can, yeah. yeah. I'm probably going to alienate, like, a ton of people when I just say this, but I could care less what I think people are going to read if I can't buy into it. How yeah. it's like RuPaul says, if you can't love yourself, how are you gonna love somebody else? Yeah, yeah. No, I I tend to agree that if you're not happy with what you've written, right? I I think it matters what you think of. You know, we are hard on ourselves, but at the end of the day, we do have to like the story we wrote because mm-hmm. if we don't, we're you know you're not gonna be talking about characters like they're your friends because you don't care about them. You know, and which is right. which is one thing that's very interesting. I've written like twelve or fifteen hour screenplays, and I know if once I it and I know everything about them because you work on their characters and how they talk and whatever it just comes to you. But I did write one horror film, which is really good. I wrote it with my um, editor. It's a really solid horror story. However, mm-hmm. the characters do not stay in my mind because the development of the characters was not the same writing a horror story as it was writing other stories. For me, and that's a lot of that's because you're not invested because you're going to kill most of them off. Yeah, well, that's maybe right? you're right. <laughs> you're probably right. That's a good <laughs> way to put it. Well, that is right because you're right. That's exactly right because they're gone from my mind. You're yeah. right. <laughs> yeah, I never really looked at it that way, me. but you're right. That's true. Yeah. Well, that will help There's me a... now. <laughs> help me know why yeah. that happened. Because I don't have the I same feeling with them. Right. I really don't. Even this is a really solid story too, but I you're right. That's an interesting way to look at it because right, they're gone. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. And you know they're <laughs> gone. Goodbye, you know who you're going to keep alive <laughs> at the beginning of the story. And I think that's I, a really good way to look at it because it, that's true. Because right, because and where it, I got that from, where I got that? that from is there's a there's a vlogger on YouTube called Jenna Morassi. And uh-huh. she's like, if you know a character's going to die, you're not going to invest in that character. So why would uh-huh. you put all this work into this character <laughs> and then kill them? That's okay. just dumb. That's... And when mm-hmm. she said that, I was like, yep. okay, right. Jenna, I got you now. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. because Actually, it makes perfect sense now that you said that. Because, right, it's not like I'm going to bring them back in a story or ever use them again. Mm-hmm. It's just a story. Oh. Yep. Oh, I like that thought. Well, maybe that'll get rid of yep. that thought from my mind. Why? Because it, it's something about that bothers me all the time is that I don't feel for them like I did my other characters. Interesting. Right, because they're mm-hmm. gone. Right. <laughs> they disappeared. Yeah, yep. I get yep. that. And that really helps. That's a good help because, you know, that's how it is, right? Because the other characters, you never know if they're going to come back. Or they're still in your mind. Like, you know, and you're right. I mean, I say that I'm done with, but certain ones I'm not done with. And I know I am not done with Virginia Templeton. She is there for me. And when I decide to do it again, I should because I really enjoy writing it. But I do have a lot of characters that I can just spin off with. 
She came from a screenplay too. They all came from all my characters come from like screenplays, you know, and they're strong in my head, you know. So, mm-hmm. I, I think you psychoanalyzed me today. This is good. I could use it any time. And that's what I do with characters. Oh, that's the same thing that I do with characters. Oh, with, do I owe you any money? Really do I owe you money for this? Do I owe you? No, nah, as a free session. Oh, thank you. <laughs> This has been so fun. All right, we're almost over, but all right. Well, is there anything before we go that you want to talk about? Or I definitely you have to come back on the show. There's no doubt about that. This hour went like in a minute. But I, I would anything, love to come back on the show. Is there anything uh, you want to talk about now. to tell everybody at the end of the day what, how you feel? Anything last remarks? Yep, um, I am relaunching um, Written by Magazine combined with Brandy Potter Books. It's now just going to be Brandy Potter Books. Um, all the Written by stuff is going to be on my webpage, um, but it is going to be strictly reviews now. All the blog posts and everything are going to come from me um, personally because I don't have my wonderful partner in crime, Lizzie. Um, and, yeah. But uh, we are relaunching that this coming weekend with my most popular blog post was the big four in writing, which is violence, sex, alternative lifestyles, and cussing, whether you should or shouldn't do them. Um, it is a very long blog post. I promise it'll be my longest one ever, but I, I definitely wanted to come out of the gate with the one that uh, Liz and I got the most response on. So. Um, yeah. That will be coming out on Sunday, so check out on brandypotterbooks.com. I understand, you know, how losing a sister is. I lost mine ten years ago, and so it's it's still with me every day. You know, it doesn't yeah. kind of go away. So it's it's hard, you know. Uh, but it, you know, I guess but we do you have know to go what's on, awesome about our do-, do you know what's awesome about our job, Marsha? Yeah, Lizzie's one of the characters in my book, so Lizzie yeah. will live forever. Yeah, see, that's a good thing. I know. Yep. Uh, life is hard, and that's why, that's the truth. You know, it is hard. That's what we're here for also for other people. So we write so they cannot think about their problems. They can just read and enjoy a book. I, and, you know, I think that's the end of the, at the end of the day, this was it's about. You want someone to read a book and say, this is a good story. That's all we want, yeah. right? I mean, that is, the title, that is the title of this show that it started as, Good Story is a Good Story. And I, that, to me, is in my head always, just write that good story. You know, no yes, matter how you have to get you there, you get there. Yeah, exactly, yep. you get there. All right, so again, I will, and you know, any links that you have or whatever, just email them to me or send it to me and I'll put it out because, as you know, with Facebook now, we're not getting everything we should. So sometimes we don't see things. You know, okay. which is what happens. Mm-hmm. So just send it to me and I'll put it out. And it's been really so much fun. Thank you for, and you know, I'm so glad that I met you at the promo, which is a good thing. See, see, all of these things are always you meet people and you have fun, and that's what this is all about. So we all love this. Right. So thank you so much. And not, and, yeah. Go ahead. Thank you. Not, yeah. not to plug promo day again, but we do it every year, and it's basically about marketing for independent authors. So, any authors yeah. Have you done this? Did you, you do it another year? Promo you day? did it before? Did I've you done do it, it three years. Oh, you have. I've done it three yeah. years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. There's again, a lot of Lizzie's hard work pushing. that goes Lizzie's into pushing. it. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Lizzie pushed yeah, me. Yeah. 
Yeah, she did. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because I did. wasn't going to do it, then I was going to do it, and then and then it really, you know, it's a very interesting concept, and it's really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, she works really hard on it because it's it's hard to do that and get That's all like these promos. That's like a peer for independent authors. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. 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 Well, I think, you know, that's all, I mean, we are, that's who we are, and we we do enjoy this. There's no doubt about this. So that's the, at the end of the day, this is fun for us. It absolutely. should be. Right. That's why we do yeah, it. Absolutely. We don't have to do it if we hate it. All right. Thank you all, and yeah. uh, I will be here next Tuesday and with my guy with four, five kids. I mean, oh, my God, this should be something interesting. Five kids. I might have to for, check that out. Yeah, he's a great guy. He's an <laughs> illustrator, a nice guy. All right, so I right, thank you all for listening, and thank you so much for being on, Brandy. It's been fun. Right? Oh, you're Thanks. very welcome. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.